Welcome, friends and family from around the world, if you're tuning in at any given time, point of time. Uh, welcome to week four. I hope that you've had a nice week um, behind you. And um, I wonder how you did this past week with your practices, with um, your morning pages and your artist state if you've done any of those and uh, what kind of synchronicities have you experienced, if any, if you've noticed anything else different, um, if you are feeling some sort of transformation for me, I can tell you definitely feeling transformation, the transformation, definitely feeling, becoming more aware of the flow of the creative energy and the wisdom in that and the power in that and how being in tune with it and removing our blockages and observing um, how we, we might, you know, stand in our own way in our, in that flow of creativity can hold us back. And just by that awareness, we can move forward and um, create, co-create amazing moments with the universe. Um, I have to admit personally, I, as far as the, the artist dates goes, um, somehow I keep forgetting about that. I'm not sure. Like hopefully this week, um, that's going to happen anyway. So we're starting week four. It's called recovering a sense of integrity. <clears throat> so she says this week may find you grappling with changing self-definition. The essays, tasks, and ex exercises are designed to catapult you into productive introspection and integration of new self-awareness. This may be both very difficult and extremely exciting for you. Warning, do not skip the tool of reading deprivation. So we'll get there about what uh, reading deprivation means and how that's important. Um, I feel like this, uh, most of the tasks for this um, chapter are very much um, kind of aligned with what we're globally actually experiencing right now. I mean, if we're healthy and we're safely in shelter in our homes um, and perhaps, you know, you know, um, kind of have a, a relatively peaceful environment, which I feel like um, probably most of the people who are listening do. So yeah, today as I'm recording this, it's um, May the 4th, <laughs> May the 4th, uh, 2020. May the 4th be with you. We're actually on week four as well. So um, by the time you listen to this, it might be already um, the day after or like whenever you tune in. So um you know, she's basically talking about how we experience honest changes and these changes, we might think that um, an artist is somebody who digs into their imagination and, and kind of skips through um, the realities of experience, you know, humanness, and they just kind of fantasize something and bring it out. But, but the reality is the more authentic um you are as an artist and the more connected you are to your true creative self, that means the more self-work you have to do. And you more, the more you have to face a lot of the realities of your experiences and, you know, all your shadow sides. And so that sometimes just go like when intentionally going through these experiences, they can kind of be um, a bit shaky, but not to be scared. And so we'll go through the chapter and then I'll, 
read the tasks at the end. She says, warning with the mor- working with the morning pages, we begin to sort through the differences between our real feelings, which are often secret, and our official feelings, those on the record for public display. Official fe- feelings are often indicated by the phrase, I feel okay about that, you know, it's fine. Dating somebody, you know, losing a job, somebody's dying. But what do we mean by I feel okay? The morning pages force us to get specific, right, about these feelings. Do I, am I accepting? Am I resigned? Am I comfortable? Am I detached, numb, tolerant, satisfied, pleased? What does it mean? So we officially feel okay, but do we? At the root of a successful creative recovery is the commitment to puncture our denial, to stop saying it's okay, when in fact it's something else right? So what is it? That's what we're trying to figure out. If we have the creeping feeling that our lover is not being totally honest with us, the morning pages are reliable to bring this creepy possibility up and with it, the responsibility um, for an unsettling conversation. Rather than face this mess, we will mess up on doing the morning pages. So somehow unconsciously we when there's we know there's something coming up and we need to fix it or we need to look at it because we love to remain in that bubble of fantasy and bliss um we might skip the morning pages and that's what she says she's like that's why it's important to keep that commitment for example you know if we're also you know suddenly and madly in love the morning pages may seem threatening so um yeah we don't want to um, you know, bubble versus the bubble. In short, extreme emotions of any kind, the very thing that morning pages are superb for processing are the usual triggers for avoiding the pages themselves. So, um, you know, and then, you know, she's giving an example of like how there was this very successful painter who after doing the morning pages and these practices, she learned that she wanted to write comedy instead. And no wonder all her friends were actually writers because so was she and they were reflecting that to her. So, um, yeah, with the tasks of last week, I don't know if you noticed, but it's funny because we are obviously gravitated towards what um, we desire. Today, I heard this phrase. Um, of course, like I don't believe necessarily in a Cinderella story uh, per se with those specifics. I believe in love and romance and magic and all those things. But um, I don't believe there is a Prince Charming is going to come and save me or anything like that because actually I had to experience it to realize that is bullshit excuse my French but um you know the point is um um we do um yeah I I lost my thought I feel like so I was gonna say we reflect um we are surrounded by people who reflect what we wish and what we desire and, um, oh yeah, there was a phrase in this, in the Cinderella, there's a song that she sings that a uh, dream is a wish that the heart makes. So when we have a dream, it's like, it's like our heart is wishing for that. And everything that they say, usually in an energetic, um, school that I studied energy healing, they suggest that, that basically somebody is 
kind of path and destiny is written in their heart center in an energetic way. So if somebody's clairvoyant, they're able to see that. But, you know, those are, you don't have to obviously believe in any of those things, but it's just basically a matter of um, understanding that the logic might not always have all the answers and to pay attention to what we are attracted to and it seems attractive to us and we're drawn towards with our hearts. So, um, yeah, so and Chekhov, the um, the writer, advised, if you want to work on your art, work on your life, right? So that's another way of saying that in order to have self-expression, we must have first self to ex- a self to express. The process of identifying a self inevitably involves loss as well as gain. We discover our boundaries, and those boundaries, by definition, separate us from our fellows, right? So as we clarify our perceptions, we lose our misconceptions. As we eliminate, you know, we lose illusion as well. We arrive at clarity, and clarity creates change. For example, I have outgrown this job may appear in the morning pages at first. It is a troubling perception. Over time, it becomes a call for action and then an action plan. Uh, And of course, we don't want, you know, trauma. Um, uh, You know, we don't want a trauma uh, of searching for another job. So, you know, those are some of the... um, you know, things that we probably consider before wanting to take that action and all of these things. But, um, you know, um, in the morning pages, we learn what we want and ultimately become willing to make those changes. But not without a tantrum and not without a kriya, which is a Sanskrit word for basically cleansing or some sort of spiritual emergency or surrender. So, um, yeah, so we must kind of uh, surrender our will to something higher and kind of cleanse ourselves from whatever is holding us back. There's a quote here from Piero Ferrucci that says, eliminate something superfluous from your life. Break a habit. Do something that makes you feel insecure. All of these things, right, bring us out of our comfort zone and um, push us to, you know, basically work from our essence, from our like true um, source without because everything else kind of seems unreal and shaky. And we that we can only, you know, operate from that place. And there's a Zen, Zen paradigm that says stop thinking and talking about it. And there is nothing you will not be able to know. So, um, right. So speaking of, um, you know, uh, Kriyas, you know, there's, they are always significant, frequently psychosomatic, somatic Kriyas are the final insult our psyche adds to our injuries. Get it? A Kriya asks you. So I would say, you know, it's kind of like what we're going through right now globally um, during this pandemic time and how Mother Earth, you know, is kind of throwing is one of her Kriyas. Like we are supposed to surrender to that flow of greater life beyond ourselves, um, the force that can destroy and also that can heal itself at the same time. Right. So we are 
being insulted in a sense. You know, our it's very significant what's happening. It's quite psychosomatic and um, it's insulting our psyche and it kind of feels like it's adding to our injuries. But then again, that's the our, uh, outer shell that um, we've built up and we have become so attached to all the masks that we've been you know, um, putting up and how, the ways that we've been trying to survive into this world versus Mother Earth is like, you know, this is, um, we're thriving now. It's not just about survival. So, you know, and it's it says, get it. You can't stay with this abusive lover. You can't work at a job that demands 80 hours a week. You can't rescue a brother who needs to save himself, right? Let it go. The pages round up the usual suspects whenever you are doing this as a surrender. You find, you know, where the problems are, right? They mention the small hurts we prefer to ignore, the large successes we fail to acknowledge. And in short, morning pages point the way to reality. This is how you're feeling. What do you make of that? People frequently believe that creative life is grounded in fantasy. The more difficult truth is that creativity is grounded in reality, in the particular, the focused, the well-observed or specifically imagined. As we lose our vagueness about ourself, our values, our life situations, we become available to the moment. It is there, in the particular, that we contract the creative self. Until we experience the freedom of solitude, which we are now, we cannot connect authentically. Art lies in the moment of encounter. We meet our truth and we meet ourselves. We meet ourselves and we meet our self-expression. We become original because we become something specific, an origin from which work flows. As we gain or regain our creative identity, we lose the false self we were sustaining. The loss of this false self can feel traumatic. I don't know who I am anymore. I don't recognize me. Shifts in taste and perception frequently accompany shifts in identity. One of the clearest signals that something healthy is afoot is the impulse to weed out, sort through, and discard old clothes, papers, and belongings. So yeah, this is like another part of the, the Kriya that we're experiencing. As with any rupture, there is both tension and relief. Be prepared for bursts of tears and of laughter. So, you know, there's all these feelings that also are coming up. Your changes may be more like cloud movements, however, from overcast to partly cloudy. So, you know, you could be any place, anywhere in, in this uh, spectrum. There are a couple of quotes here. MC Richard says, all the arts we practice are apprenticeship. The big art is our life. And Seneca says, it is not because things are difficult that we do not dare. It is because we do not dare that things are difficult. Right? Like this morning, I wanted to get out of bed and... Just the more I thought about it, the more difficult it became to get out of the bed. Instead, I tried to just imagine, you know, how I'm going to, with my heart, enjoy that. the first thing that I was going to do, which was one of my morning pages, actually. Somehow, yeah, like, I mean, some days are it's an accomplishment to get out of bed. And I used to actually 
punish myself for thinking that because I used to think that's lazy to think that way. But, you know, as I'm becoming kinder to myself and more, um, you know, conscious of that self-talk and relationship, um, I'm allowing myself to be in the moment so much that that's not a judgment. That's just paying deeper attention to what is actually happening. So, um, yeah, it's just different tunings. It's just like sailing a sailboat. You know, you just have to find the winds and ride it the right way. <clears throat> Giorgio de Chirico says, to become truly immortal, a work of art must escape all human limits. Logic and common sense will only interfere. But once these barriers are broken, it will enter the realms of childhood visions and dreams. When we have engaged in the creator within to heal us, many changes and shifts in our attitudes begin to occur. There will be a change in energy patterns. Your dreams will become stronger and clearer, both by night and by day. Many areas of your life that previously seemed to fit will stop fitting. What you have been doing is wiping the mirror. Each day's morning pages take a swipe at the blur you have kept between you and your real self. So we keep clearing the mirror, keep clearing the mirror. You may well be experiencing a sense of both bafflement and faith. You're no longer stuck, but you cannot tell where you're going. What you will learn to do is rest in motion, right? Because sometimes it is normal to yearn for some sort of rest or because we're moving so rapidly. And sometimes you don't even realize, like actually the more subtle and fast these changes are, the less we realize uh, how much we're changing and transforming. We just kind of sometimes find ourselves exhausted. And um yeah, and we want to rest. So it's very, very important to realize if it's, uh, it might be very too subtle for us to realize. And if we need rest, we need rest. And the morning pages actually do offer that place of rest while we're moving to, like through them. They will both, the morning pages will both lead you forward and give you a place to recuperate from your forward motion. The morning pages symbolize our willingness to speak to and hear God. They lead us into many other changes that also come from God and lead us to God. This is the hand of God moving through your hand as you write. It is very powerful. One technique that can be very reassuring at this point is to use your morning pages or a part of them for written affirmations of your progress. Put it in writing, we often say, to make uh, when making a deal, right? Because we want to make it more real. So we can add this sort like some, I'll give you some examples or she gives in her book. I receive your good willingly. Thy will be done. I trust my perceptions. A stronger and clearer me is emerging. I recover and enjoy my identity. So um, there is another exercise. There's a couple of exercises actually that are coming up. So we'll go through them. 
As recovering creatives, she says, uh, uh, we often have to excavate, excavate our own pasts for the shards of buried dreams and delights. Do a little digging, please. Be fast and frivolous. This is an exercise in spontaneity, so be sure to write your answer out quickly. Speed kills the sensor. Sensor, basically. So these are, there are six things that um, she wants you to write speedily, quickly uh, out. Number one, list five hobbies that sound fun. Number two, list five classes that sound fun. Number three, list five things you personally would never do that sound fun. Number four, list five skills that would be fun to have. Five, list five things you used to enjoy doing. Number six, list five silly things you would like to try once. Beautiful. So in the next exercise, it will teach you enormous amounts about yourself as well as giving you some free time in which to pursue the interest you just listed, okay? So lots of information basically about yourself and also some free time to pursue the interests you just listed. It's called reading deprivation. <clears throat> so no reading. That's right, no reading. For most artists, words are like tiny tranquilizers. We have a daily quota of media that chat, media chat that we swallow up, like greasy food, it clogs our system, too much of it, and we will, yes, fried. It is a paradox that by emptying our lives of distractions, we're actually filling the well. Without distractions, we are once again thrust into the sensory world. Reading deprivation casts us into our inner silence, a space some of us begin to immediately fill with new words, long gossipy conversations, television binging, binging, the radio as a constant chatty companion. We often cannot hear our own inner voice, the voice of our artist's inspiration above the static. If we monitor the inflow and keep it to a minimum, we will be rewarded for our reading deprivation with embarrassing speed. Reading deprivation is a very powerful tool and a very frightening one. Even thinking about it can bring up enormous rage, right? But it's also very important. So here's a brief list of some things that people do when they're not reading. Listen to music, make curtains, wash the dogs, sort closets, pay bills, write old friends, report some plan, re repot some plans, mend, knit, cook, fix the bike, watercolor, rewire the lamp, paint the bathroom, rearrange the kitchen, work out, meditate, have friends to dinner, get the stereo working, sort bookshelves, and go dancing. So obviously some of these things we can't right now do if we're in quarantine, but um, definitely things around the house or just, you know, easy, easy as 
just sitting down and enjoying a tea without <laughs> having to look at our phone at the same moment or listening to a music, almost like meditating on it so much that you're imagining the artists at the time they were, you know, doing this and their lives and their experiences, right? Just getting deep in there. The nasty bottom line is this. Sooner or later, if you're not reading, you will run out of work and be forced to play. You'll light some incense or put on a, an old jazz record or paint a shelf turquoise, and then you will feel not just better, but actually a little excited. Don't read if you can't think of anything else to do. Cha-cha. Sorry, don't read. If you can't think of anything else to do, cha-cha. All right. Lovely. So we have six minutes. And in this six minutes, I'll go through the tasks of this week. And if for whatever reason we run out of time, I'll just uh, restart. So the first one, environment. Describe your ideal environment. Town, country, swung, cozy. One paragraph. One image, drawn or clipped, that conveys this. What's your favorite season? Why? Go through some ma magazines and find an image of this or draw it. Place it near your working area. Number two, time travel. Describe yourselves at, yourself as 80. What did you do after 50 that you enjoyed? Be very specific. Now, write a letter from you at 80 to you at your current age. What would you tell yourself? What interests would you urge yourself to pursue? What dreams would you encourage? Number three, time travel. Remember yourself at eight. What did you like to do? What were your favorite things? Now, write a letter from you at eight to you at your current age. What would you tell yourself? Number four, environment. Look at your house. Is there any room that you could make into a secret private space for yourself? Convert the TV room, buy a screen or hang a sheet and card an office section of some other room, this is your dream area. It should be decorated for fun and not as an office. All you really need is a chair or a pillow, something to write on, some kind of little altar area for flowers and candles. This is to help you center on the fact that creativity is a spiritual, not an ego issue. Number five, use your life pie from week one to review your growth. Has that nasty tarantula changed shape yet? Haven't you been more active, less rigid, more expressive? Be careful not to expect too much too soon. That's raising the jumps. Growth must have time to solidify into health. One day at a time, you're building the habit patterns of a healthy artist. Easy does it too. List ongoing self-nurturing toys you could buy your artists. Books on tape, magazine subscriptions, theater tickets, a bowling ball. Task number six, write your own artist's prayer. Use it every day for a week. So I will give you an example of an artist's prayer in a little short episode after this. Number seven. An extended artist date. Plan a small vacation for yourself one weekend day. Get ready to execute it. 
So yeah, maybe you could do it at home or somehow if there is nature close by. Number eight, open your closet, throw out or hand on or donate one low self-worth outfit. You know the, the outfit. Make space for the new. Number nine, look at one situation in your life that you feel you should change but haven't yet. What is the payoff for you in staying stuck? Number 10, if you break your reading deprivation, write about how you did it in a tantrum, a slip up, a binge. How do you feel about it? Why? So hopefully we won't do that. But yeah, it's kind of hard. I mean, I, it's, I know already for me, like I have to turn off my phone for a good number of hours a day or get come out off the social media and yeah, but I know it's going to have a good payoff. So hopefully we can get, get stuck, like stick to that. And I'll finish with this quote from Michelle Shea. I learned that the real creator was my inner self, the Shakti. That desire to do something is God inside talking through us. Thank you so much, my lovely friends, for joining on this journey. I'm so glad to see you guys joining and enjoying this since I'm hearing positive feedback. So in the next um, episode, mini episode, I'll just share a sample of an artist's prayer. You can write your own. Okay, take care. <laughs>